Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. I think I might have to uh, shift back to the ale. This era rack is going straight to my head. Whew. Yeah, yeah, even your cheeks are flushed, Master Tavernkeeper. Ah, well, that's not good. For there surely is no better indicator than that to take it easy. Instead of, uh, well, rotting my faculties any further, let us get into Abdul ben Lashid, ben Musad, ben Osman, Son of the Shifting Sands, Lord of the Maluluk Desert, and the Wandering Great Sheik of Lost Bel Aliad. Oh, yeah, yeah, the city destroyed by Arkan the Black. If everyone recalls, my cromlade, Vendel, had dealings with a vampire from that very city, one of the ancient high priests of something called the Cult of Mordig, and one of the few that had escaped the first destruction of Bel Aliad. Ah, yes, so you said. This uh, Abdul Ben Rashid, too, was a survivor of the destruction of the city. Oh, yeah. And then I look forward to hearing more about him. But uh, before you begin, Master Tavernkeeper, although I am aware of the uh, Bel Aliad in a broader sense, one place I did not recognize just now was the name the Maluluk Desert. What? Or perhaps rather I should say, where is that? Ah, well, that is the desert region just to the north of Bel Aliad, due west along the coast from Zandri. But uh, it's nothing to concern ourselves with too much right now, though, for we shall talk more of the city of Bel Aliad in due course. With regards the tale of Abdul ben Rashid, it is sufficient to say that he was born in the city some time before Bel Aliad was destroyed by Arkan the Black, exactly 1,149 years before the start of the Imperial Calendar. In the raising of the city by Arkan, his father, the great war leader, Sheikh Rashid ben Musad, was killed, leaving the young Abdul ben Rashid as his last living heir. He was taken to the city of Kasabar by his father's retainers and closest personal bodyguards to his noble relatives therein, and duly welcomed into the Sultanate as a fellow noble and warrior of the desert. Here, he eventually followed in his father's footsteps and became a great sheikh in his own right. But the destruction of his birthplace by the undead hordes of Arkan the Black had left an indelible mark on Abdul ben Rashid. And uh, perhaps the legacy of the great ghoul of the city of Bel Aliad too played into this? Excuse me, the what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Vendel related to me that his vampiric associate had told him of the god that they had worshipped in their younger days in Bel Aliad. Mordig, the great ghoul, 
a god of both the blood drinkers and corpse eaters, whose cult had apparently arisen after the destruction of Nehekara by Nagash. His worship was uh, fairly rampant in the city, apparently. Ah, and now I was not aware of that. Fascinating. And, if anything, this also gives further evidence that the path Abdul ben Lashid would walk was one that was already paved and signposted for him. We really must get your friend Vendel in here for a chat. Anyway, as one of the sheiks of Kasabar, Abdul ben Rashid's role was to protect the city from the various menaces that surrounded it. Be they uh, ape-men, skaven, forest goblins or lizardmen from the south, or the greater threat, the undead of the desert from the east and north. And in this, he was both ferocious and excelled. In one such skirmish against the uh, undead, he defeated and wiped out a follower, a lowly acolyte, if you like, of Nagash himself and his accompanying warband of revenants. They burned the bodies of the fallen and dead, as was expected and most prudent. The desiccated skeletons, clad in bronze armor, were soon turned into ash. But the bodies of the newly dead, shambling victims of the warband from the nomadic tribes of the desert, burnt more slowly, acrid fumes spiraling off each as the flames consumed them in turn. In the aftermath, Abdul inspected the charcoal mass, his eyes keen for any twitching limbs or lambent lights. But as he did so, he noticed that amongst the remains of the leader of the undead, although he himself was almost burnt beyond recognition, there remained archaic scrolls and ancient trinkets. Abdul was... Uh, intrigued, and quickly retrieved them. He was surprised to see them completely unmarked by the fire. Without thinking, he secreted them away upon his person until he could be alone and study them at his leisure, away from prying eyes, thinking that, perhaps, upon these scrolls, there lay a way to defeat the undead menace once and for all. However, instead, here began a lifelong obsession with the works of necromancy that would eventually go against the very noble aims that he began with. After poring over the manuscripts he had recovered, he suddenly left Kasabar, leaving his position as a great sheik, and travelled east, out of Araby, through the shifting sands, and into the land once called Nehekara. Here, he found what he sought. Thousands upon thousands of necropolises, still standing, encompassing every conceivable shape and size, but each a crumbling echo of the once great tomb kings, and each atop a tomb city filled with the unquiet dead, standing guard over the secrets that they bore behind Chagrin skeletal grins. On those dark nights, he saw the corpses of the dead stir from their slumber, eternally bound in a dance of death, fated to replay the roles that they had endured in life, 
grimly repeating over and over and over without end. And, like the capstones to their very tombs, lording over all from within their eternal pyramids, the awoken aristocracy of ancient Neakara sat upon gilded thrones, still clinging to faded grandeur, dreaming of ancient glories and ambitions, and buoyed upon numberless corpses at their feet. Abdul, too, saw the armies of the dead march to war on the orders of their lich lieges, sometimes against the other kings of the land of the dead, at other times to attack the Arabians or other humans that had unwisely chosen to live too close. For eight long years, Abdul recorded everything he saw within the fearful kingdom, ever driven onwards by the insatiable passion of his curiosity and the desire to know what had destroyed both his birthplace and his family. In doing so, he became a scholar in death and a master of the art of undoing it, as well as having the secrets of fallen Nehekara revealed to him. However, there was a price, and some say that his experiences drove him mad. He finally returned to the city of Kar locked himself away, and began writing his masterpiece, the necromantic manuscript that would later come to be known as the Liber Necris, or the Book of the Dead. This book. In that dread desert, beneath the moon's pale gaze, dead men walk. They haunt the shifting dunes of the breathless, windless night, brandishing weapons of bronze in mocking challenge and bitter resentment of the life they no longer possess. And sometimes, in ghastly, dry voices, like the rustling of sun-baked reeds, they whisper the one word they remember from life. The name of the one who cursed them to their existence. More than death, but less than life. They whisper the name Nagash. However, I dare not read you any more than this. Yeah, yeah, Master Tavernkeeper. Please, I beg of you, read us no more, lest you curse us all. Ah, don't be so superstitious. It's simply knowledge. That, in of itself, is not dangerous. It is only the hearts of evil men that can make knowledge a force of darkness. Would you not agree, Cedric? Ach, I'm not sure I do. The acquisition of such uh, knowledge and the legacy of such experience leaves a mark on the bearer, whether they like it or not. Such things can uh, warp the greatest of souls into the vilest of reprobates, don't you know? Ah, bah, humbug. Let us agree to disagree. But don't worry, Heinrich. None shall I let read this book. Let us continue with the story of its author, though. 
Within the pages of the book, Abdul quilled all that a mortal could be capable of learning about the foul art of necromancy. But rather than creating a malleus necrus, a hammer against the undead, he unwittingly, or perhaps wittingly, instead effectively wrote a guide to the art of necromancy, a liber necris. He did not live to see his mistake come to terrible fruition, though. It was a dark, stormy night of the city of Kasabar when death came for Abdul ben Rashid. It had not been long since the numerous copies of his book that he had commissioned to be handwritten had been completed and distributed to his rich patrons. Amongst these, a number of shady cabals, dark cult leaders and power-hungry nobles. But he had given this no real thought. All that mattered was the book. And with the task complete, he had locked himself away in his lodgings, his room dark and shuttered. Then came the sounds of a struggle, and then the pleading. His servants were hammering at his door by this time, but they could not gain ingress. The very wood of the door itself, seemingly impervious to their fists and shoulder barges. And then the screaming began. And then a muffled silence. When his servants now tried the door, it opened easily, although in their fear they kicked it in anyway. Only to find that their master had been strangled by something possessed of inhuman strength, leaving a purple-faced corpse in its wake, his features distorted by terror. And that was not all. In the late reports to the Caliph of Kasabar himself, it was said that the body was so cold to the touch, even hours later, as the desert temperatures soared outside, that it burnt the hands of the officials who attempted to carry it out of his lodgings. By the gods, are there any magics worse than those practiced by the undead? Ach, most certainly are. But uh, that's not a conversation to be having in front of the neophytes. We don't want to traumatize them. Ah, yes, indeed, Master Alchemist. There is much worse in our world, and worse still beyond the veil. But um, I just want to add a little epilogue to the legacy of Abdul ben Lashid before we uh, change tack once more. Yeah, are you uh, neophytes all with me? See, si, see, si. see. Si, si. Excellent. Well, following the death of Abdul, the terrified Caliph of Kasabar first had the body lashed to ropes and dragged out before being taken out into the deep desert to be burnt. 
and then ordering the deaths of everyone who had laid their eyes upon the dead author. In the wake of this uh, purge, he uh, then attempted to track down and destroy all of the existing copies of the Book of the Dead, and a large number were indeed recovered and also burnt on a great pyre. But, unfortunately for him, he could not find them all. Many survived on in the private collections of Arabian princes and nobles, too dim-witted to realise the identity of what they possessed, whilst others were secreted away in the libraries of secretive cults and cabals. In the years after, the agents of the Caliph carefully watched for signs of the book and followed the trails left by the acolytes of the dark art of necromancy within the sturdy walls of the city as a new form of internal enemy began to arise in the form of terrible black-robed Arabian necromancers. Each was ruthlessly hunted down and killed but copies of the wellspring from which they had drunk and been inspired, the Liber Necris itself, were never completely eradicated. Centuries passed, and the book was copied and recopied, and, like an insidious plague, it spread to the dark corners of Araby. That was until the coming of Jafar, the conquest of the country the invasion of Astalia, the resistance of our very own Tabaro, the crusade by the zealous knights of the Empire, Bretonia and Tylea, brought about the sacking of Araby. Amongst the loot brought back to the old world by the crusaders were copies of the Book of the Dead. And in this way, the threat from the undead spread further. And even here in Tobaro, at least uh, before the current occupation by the Skaven, a number of necromancers wandered our streets. Which is uh, actually how I got my own copy of the uh, Liber Necris. Oh, yeah, yeah. Curse the despicable Valdotane. Indeed. But uh, most of these wannabe necromancers are so dim-witted that they are relatively harmless and honestly do not know what they're doing more often than not cursing themselves to death as opposed to mastering the undead it is perhaps not their own fault entirely though most copies of the book made here in the old world are inferior many containing new uh, facts added by self-important scribes whilst others have had their original turns of phrase altered by the flat imaginations of lesser men, oft actually obscuring the originally intended meaning. However, that said, those necromancers that do not fall at the first step are the ones to be wary of. But um, here in Tobaro, at least, all are tolerated. And before you ask, the reason is this. There is no great financial incentive to hunt them down. So they are simply ignored, in the most part. The Empire is, perhaps wisely, far less tolerant.
Anyway, dear neophytes, that is the Liber Necris, the Book of the Dead. Not a tome I will be lending out, I stress. <sighs> I think uh, I think I need a drink. <sighs>